Hey guys, Quint here. You know that every once in a while, I like to take a step back from the questions and interview someone who's living a DIY money lifestyle. We have got a treat for you today. Lauren Jacobs, better known as The Cheerful Baker, sat down to talk about her business, her life, and much more. You're going to love it. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. You're listening to another edition of DIY Money. DIY Money. Oh, we have a new (laughs) guest in the house. You didn't recognize that voice, did you? Nope, that's not Allie. That is Lauren a.k.a. The Cheerful Baker Jacobs. Hello. Lauren, welcome to the show. Thanks. Thanks for having me. It's great to have you. So first of all, a little, uh, a little introduction for those listening, thinking maybe this was the 15-minute uh, DIY money version. Every once in a while, every once in a while, I run into someone who has such an incredible story that I have to bring them on the podcast. Now, I will warn you, if you're thinking this is going to be a question and we're going to give some financial guidance on this show like we do every other, it's not what this show is going to be like. However, if you want to hear a story of a mom with a heart to help her family turn her passion into a purposeful business and become quite successful, this is the show for you. <laughs> yes. Yes. So... Two housekeeping things. First of all, this show, as with every other, sponsored by Jewel Financial. Check us out on the web, Jewel, J-O-U-L-E, financial.com, for those complex financial situations where DIY money might not be enough. And number two, I'm going to get it out just right ahead of time, is if you want to learn more about Lauren and follow her story and what she's doing, some social things to kind of check off, and we'll mention them again on Instagram, you can follow The Cheerful Baker. That's The Cheerful Baker. Facebook, Just Cheerful Baker. And, and I'm pretty pumped about this, you've got a podcast that started to run called Sugar Coated Dreams. That's Sugar Coated Dreams. So make sure you cue that up. Lauren, welcome to the show. You know what? Let's just start right off. Tell us, tell us your story. Where do you want me to start? <laughs> How about from <laughs> the beginning? How about right from the from the beginning? Right okay, the beginning. okay. So we'll we'll start after college. How about that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I graduated from Virginia Tech with oh, wow. a degree in clothing and textiles. Okay. Which I used for a little bit until I had children, and then I I've always just wanted to be a mom. Mm. So I decided that I was going to stay home and you know become that mom and pretty much just let my husband make all the money. <laughs> And then after a couple months, I didn't want to do that anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Did you get a little restless? I did. I just, I I like being able to contribute. Mm. And I wanted to contribute financially. So I thought, you know, what can I do? And so I did lots of things. I sold Southern Living at Home. I sold Longa Burger Baskets. You know, a lot of the things that moms kind of do. And then my son started having a lot of struggles in school. He has pretty severe dyslexia. Mm. And so I wanted to be there for him even more than I had been there before. So I started homeschooling him. And then I found out about the Lexington Latin School, which is where you and I met because I was your kid's teacher. And we heard how Latin really helps kids who struggle with English. So we enrolled him in the Latin School and they needed an art teacher. And I thought, hey, I can teach art. I'm very artistic and I can be there where my kids are. So I started doing that. And in the midst of doing that, 
I reinvigorated my love for all things artistic and creative. Mm. Because when I was young, I always was doodling and drawing and, and always loved that. But then after I went to college and was working, you know, quote unquote, real job, that kind of I didn't have time to do all that. And so while I was an art teacher, I saw these beautiful cookies on Instagram. And so I called my friend and I said, how did you do these? I've always wanted to know how to do that. And she said, well, Lauren, I took a class. She said, you're already painting. You should just do this because it's like painting on cookies. And I said, "Okay, you know, I'll try it. Well, I loved it. I mean, I was addicted almost to decorating cookies. (laughs) Now, let me pause right there real quick because Instagram, I mean, obviously so many people are on social media, but we're not talking... 15 years ago. What are we talking? How many years ago was this that you sort of saw this on Instagram and called a friend and said, I love this. How do you do this? When when was that about? It was about six six or seven years ago. All right. So I'm going to put some things in context for the listeners at home (laughs) because... Because and I'll bounce around, you, you know, we'll bounce around all over the place and we'll just have a discussion. I think that's very helpful for folks. But recently, one of your shining moments was appearing on the uh, uh, Christmas cookie challenge for the Food Network. Yes. Just but, this past year. Yes. So within a span of let's call it six years. OK. Within a span of six years. You didn't know anything about making cookies. Right. You basically honed a passion, learned a new craft, to which you finally appeared on national television. And oh, by the way, I'm forever believing you you won that. Like you Thank got you. you you got I mean, I'll never forget this. Real quick funny story. I, you probably have not heard this. My wife and I, she got me a gift uh, for uh, an early Christmas present to go to Buffalo, see a Buffalo Bills game in in their home stadium, and it was amazing. We had a great time, except my alarm that night was set because at 8 o'clock, you were on the Food Network. So we were like after hours, you know, having uh, chicken wings in, in the Anchor Bar or whatever, great place. And I said, I got to get to a TV because I got to see Lauren. And then you went and you got past the first round and I was really pumped and I was really excited <laughs> for you. And then you lost in the second round. I was like, she got robbed. <laughs> like she had a better cookie than everybody on there. So anyways, to put things in context, we're not talking – it's not like 25 years of discovery right. and you finally made it. You, yes. This is a six-year period. That's I, I haven't really thought about that, but you're right. It I mean, it's, pretty- so folks listening at home, I think we're both passionate about sharing with people. You've got a passion. You want to do something? Yes. You should do it. Right. We're not talking about maybe in 20 years you can you can make it. You, you know, this isn't a long time period. And I also, I mean, I'm not shy about telling people my age. I'm 55. So I started this. In my late 40s. I love it. And a lot of people think, you know, you're, you just need to hang out and wait for retirement. But that is not the case at all. Well, whenever I hear that, I tell folks that Colonel Sanders started, you know, selling his secret recipe, I think, when he was, what, 75 years old or something like that? I right. Mean, you know, it's never, never too late. Right. But so, okay, so let's go back. So you call your friend. Who probably, I mean, are you still friends? Cause she's we are. Probably, are. Really? Yes. What a great friend. She, I mean, you've gone on to like cookie stardom and, 
Is she still doing things? She's not doing cookies any longer, but... Um, fifth she, Beetle. She might have been the Fifth she, Beetle. Is that what you're telling me? That's right. No, that's right. Kidding. So you call her. You start making cookies. Now, you took a class, you said. Yes. Is this an online class, or how did you well, take when this I, class? Well, when I started making cookies, there it wasn't really a... There weren't classes like you can find now. Basically, there were cookie decorators. You could sign up. You could watch them on YouTube. You could maybe take a little 30-minute class. So I tried to find out all the things that I could through YouTube, through these little 30-minute classes. Um, I watched one video probably 50 times about how to make royal icing because I wanted to be successful. I mean, I wanted to be successful, meaning I wanted to know how to do it. Mm. I had no plans of selling cookies. And then, so I started making cookies, loved making cookies, gave away a lot of cookies. My husband ate a lot of cookies. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. Side benefit. And then my oldest son, Caleb, was getting ready to... He was in high school, and I saw the end of him living in my home, and I thought, I've got to spend more time with him. I mean, I'm one of those people. If my kids want to live in my basement their whole life, I'm good with that. Not really. You know, but I mean, I just... We'll have that in another episode. We'll talk. You'll be sending a question. How do I get him out of my basement? Not really, but I just love, I just wanted to soak up every moment with my kids. So I thought, I wonder if I could turn this into a business. So at that time, you are still teaching art. Yes. You're doing this as a hobby yes. on the side. You're perfecting your craft. Yes. You just wanted to be good at it. Yes. You, you, it wasn't like a desire of, I'm going to start a business. I'm right. Just, I really want to be good at this. Yes. And then... You noticed maybe I could turn this into a business. Right. With the result of spending more time with your child, with your son. Yes. And my other one who was growing up to Joshua, he's 17. And then my husband almost died. I don't even know if you knew that. His appendix burst and it was misdiagnosed. Oh, my. So he was extremely sick. And when something like that happens, you really start thinking about your life. And I thought, I want to spend more time doing something that I truly am passionate about, which is art and spending time with my family. Mm. Those were the two things. So you'd be very proud of me. I got out my spreadsheet because I'm not a money person. Like, I'm very thankful that there's people like you. (laughs) But I got out and I thought, okay, if I want to quit my job at the Latin school, how much money do I need to make? Okay, how many cookies do I need to sell to make that amount of money? I didn't want to make that many cookies. Mm. So I thought, what other things can I do to add to that bottom line? And I thought, okay, I know how to teach classes. Maybe I could teach some cookie decorating classes. So once I had the roadmap of how I could be successful doing my own thing, I did that for a couple of months. Once it was successful, meaning I did a class a month. That's what my goal was. Let me stop you because I want to. Yes. I, I, when I always hear podcasts or read books about people who jump into a business, and we get inspired, and it's 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 fun to hear about, and we we're glad for their success. Except for your one friend, she's probably not very happy. With you. I'm just convinced <laughs> of that she's she's still your friend, but secretly she's she's yeah. not pleased with you. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> but okay, so you wake up and you say. Wonder if I can make this a business. Okay, yes. so that's your first thought. And then you say, 
I'm going to sell cookies. So, so right there, this is where I would go, how much does a cookie go for? So how did you, did you go online and say, this is what people are selling a dozen cookies for? Did you go to Kroger? Like, how did you determine what the price of your cookie that you were going to sell so that you were able to do that math? Market research. I, I Googled custom cookies in my area, and I looked at what people were selling them for, and then I based my prices off of my skills. My skills at that time... I could not sell cookies for $75 a dozen. So I based my prices originally on what I felt like I could do. And that's what I started. And then every six months, I would raise my price because I was also improving my skills. Got it. So you did a little market research. You determined this is what people would, you thought, pay for those cookies. Yes. And then I'm, I'm again, I'm, I'm kind of combining two stories because on one hand, you go, I don't want to make that many cookies. Like you took what you were making teaching in, in, in a professional setting, you know, divided that by the number of dozen of cookies. And you thought, oh, my goodness, like you didn't have to create a, a pro forma income statement to go. <laughs> right. That's too many cookies. Like right. I can see you and, you know, the the um, oh, my goodness. What's the show? Uh, oh, oh, the 60s show, The Housewife, who. You know, stays at home. I love Lucy. Yeah, she's got the bakery and the stuff <laughs> that was going everywhere. Much me. Yeah, so so you're like, I don't want to do that, right? Um, and so you thought maybe I could teach classes. Yes, and and so you you, you how do okay? So I teach a class. What then? What like you got to do a video? You need a video camera. Do you have any video editing? Like how how does that work? Well, the interesting thing is when I started teaching classes, I did them in my home. And really? It was, yes, and it was people that I knew. So because I was weird about having people in my home that I didn't know. Sure. So once I had people come into classes and I realized I love doing this. So did you? And again, I don't mean to sorry to get in the weeds, but sure. I just think it's so important for people to if you're going to practically start something, yes. I, you know, we got to practically go through the steps. So you thought, OK, I'm going to teach an hour class and probably put it out on social media. Hey, I'm going to teach you how to make a cookie. It's how much was your first class? Do you remember? I think $30. $30. And you probably thought I can put, what, 12 people in my house? How many? No, I, mean, I think that my very first class was eight people. And it was my mom, my mother-in-law, my mother-in-law's friends. But you know what? <laughs> so so here's what's great about that is I have folks who come to me and say, I, I've got this business idea or I've got this product. I want to do this. And I said, do you think anybody will buy it? And I said, well, do a, do a sample and then try to sell it to someone. Right. Like, all your friends are going to tell you this is a good idea until you go to say, will you buy it? And and then they're going to tell you real quick. They're going to, well, yeah, it's not probably for me. But you had eight people who showed up. Right. Relatives or not. Yes. And you thought, I love this. They gave you feedback. Yes. Right? They said, okay, this is amazing. I, I this I'll do this again. And you thought, okay, I've got a viable product. Yes. Then what was your next step after that? My next step is I realized that I did not want to have people in my home because I had Joshua who was young and I was cleaning constantly. And I'd say, you have to be quiet. You can't come in. And I thought, this is unfair. It's like showing this, a house. Yeah, this is our, <laughs> yeah, this is our house. So I thought, where else can I do classes? And I thought about people that I knew. And so I had a friend that I went to church with who owned a winery. And I thought, wouldn't it be fun to paint cookies and drink wine and decorate cookies? And so I just 
called her up and I said, would you like me to come do cookie decorating classes? She's like, that would be awesome. I've never been shy about calling people and asking because they can say no. Because why not? But right? but it was helpful that I knew her. We already sure. had a relationship. And so I thought, okay, we'll see what happens. And so I put Facebook groups were really popular. So we had some Facebook groups, Lexington groups for sales groups. And so I created a Facebook event and put it out on those groups. And then the wineries sent the information to their customers. And before you know it, I had people coming to the winery taking classes. So how many, The I mean, you have to remember this. I'm sure you do. The very first class at the winery. I mean, this is legit now. We're not right. we're not friends and family in your house with your kid playing on the floor and, you know, keep quiet. And how many, what was the price? I mean, you know, what was that like? That very first business. The first class, I had six people. I think I charged maybe $40 a person. And it was so much fun. I mean, we had a ball. So you made $240. Yes. Less your cost of goods. Yes. So what'd you make? A hundred bucks? I mean, probably 150. Okay. But man, did I have fun? Yeah. Because at this point, I was at home all the time and I needed to get out of the house every mm. now and again because I'm very social. Yep. I need to be around people. So, really, honestly, Quint, at the very beginning, I thought, I don't care if I make any money. This is fun. This mm. is my way to entertain myself <laughs> and maybe others and, but it was successful and so I thought I'm just going to stick with it and until I was on the Christmas cookie challenge it was interesting because sometimes like I had a class one time there were four people I think it was in the summertime no one wants to do anything in the summer and then I would have classes that were 27 people mm. then I would have a class that was 12 people but I, I didn't have a specific dollar amount that I was hoping for in these classes beyond like the $150. Mm. So whatever I got above that was just great. But the main thing is it's just fun for me. I, I'm a teacher at heart. So being able to teach someone a fun thing that they can then in turn do with their kids it just made me happy. So at the same time you're doing this, are you now, you're marketing and selling your cookies. Yes. So you have two revenue tracks. Right. You have your your cookies that you're selling. Your price is steadily increased because you're getting better. I'm yes. sure by now you're getting some repeat customers. You're starting to build that business up. You're now doing these, you know, classes. Right. Probably getting new customers from those classes yes. as well. Right. So now all of a sudden you have a kind of a viable business, yes. right? You're starting to make money. At what point, how long in the process did you cross over from, you know, okay, I'm, I'm doing, I'm working at school as an art teacher. I'm, I'm starting to do these things. I'm going to have to decide, is this real or not? And if it's real, I'm, I'm jumping ship. So what did that look like? When did that happen? How, how did that go? I did both for a school year. It was, Stacy was really sick in March. Stacy's your husband. Yes. Yep. That's when he was in the hospital. And that's when I decided I'm going to just go full-fledged into cookies. Because life is short. So I love that. And I don't mean to interrupt you. But when faced with a challenge like this magnitude, 
you didn't choose safety and security. You chose, and you said it, and I love what you just said, life is short. If there was a mantra, if I could get a tattoo, I'm not necessarily a tattoo guy, but if I could get a tattoo, it would say, life is short. Yes. And so you decided to take the, the, the road less traveled and say, I'm going, I'm going in. Yes. And, you know, my, I have a great faith in God. And throughout my life, I can look back and see how having faith in myself has paid off. Because I believe that through my faith in God, things are going to work out the way that they're supposed to work out. And so I didn't have this great fear of doing this. I thought, you know, my um, ability to be artistic came from God. If I am honoring him by making a living and helping other people through this gift that I've been given, things are going to work out. And I, I've always kind of had, and I think I'm a, I, I am definitely an entrepreneur at heart. I'm not worried, Quint. I think you just try something, and if it doesn't work out, you pivot. Does the name, uh, I've mentioned this on the podcast, those longtime listeners will remember this story. Does the name Pierce Lyons ring a bell? No. You're local here in Kentucky. Pierce Lyons started Alltech. Alltech, as you know, billion-dollar you know, food supplement, agriculture supplement company yes. here in Nicholasville, Kentucky. Started with $10,000 in his garage. I had the privilege of interviewing him once for a show much like this. And one of the things that I take away from his interview in time, this was prior to him passing away, is he said, Quinn, I always lived by a motto. I never worried about getting it right. I worried about getting it going. Right. And I took away that. And that scares people. That scares many people. Oh, my goodness. You know, you're just you're just going and we're not worried about all these different things. Yes. But entrepreneurs are wired that way. And, right. and entre- you got to have entrepreneurs to kind of see these things, you know, come to fruition. Sometimes they don't work. It right. Is what it is. But but so so Stacy Zill. You make a decision. I'm going. I'm going for this. Yes. And you had to inform the school at some point. I'm not coming back. I did, and so, that was hard because I, I loved the school and I loved the people that I worked with, and I wasn't worried about it until I went in and had that conversation and made the decision. I'm not going back. And then I thought, oh boy. What am I doing? This is a great. <laughs> this is a great job. This is a great place. But. My pull towards my family was greater than my pull towards the school. Now, when did you adopt the moniker Cheerful Baker? This Around. is a great story. I'm excited to tell you this. So during the, my, my name was Lawrence Custom Cookies. And during the pandemic. It just doesn't flow as well as Cheerful it doesn't. Baker, by the way. <laughs> I don't think you would have gotten on the Christmas uh, No, maybe challenge. not. So during the pandemic, my brother's a minister. And he was preaching this sermon. It was a great sermon. And I was listening online. And he said, the pandemic is going to change us in some way. How is it going to change you for the better? And I started thinking about it. And I thought, you know, I need to tell more people about Jesus. And for me, that's not a comfortable thing to do. Like, I can do it here with you because I know you. But just to go up to someone and say, hey, can I tell you about my faith? I've never been comfortable doing that. But I thought, I want to be able to do that more easily. And so there's a verse in the Bible that says, a joyful heart makes a cheerful face. And I thought, you know, I'm very, I'm a very joyful person. I see the cup is half full all the time. (laughs) I always see the good in people, in situations. But I believe, again, that that comes from my faith. 
So I thought, that's perfect for me. That's the perfect saying. I'm going to be the cheerful baker. And I thought, never in a million years is there not a cheerful baker. Well, there wasn't. (laughs) There wasn't a cheerful baker. And it really does fit me because I'm happy most all the time. But it also opens up the door for me to be able to share when people like you say, where did you get your name? That's great. Now, where in the timeline? So you say that was... During the pandemic. Yes. So that was about three years ago, which is about halfway during your journey of becoming, you know, where you are today. Uh, Let's line that up with your with your departure from the Latin school. Where where was all that about around the same time or was. So the cheerful baker was a year after I left the land school. Quint, I'm creative. I don't know I don't know all these dates. No, I no, no. Say. It's good. It's good because because what I want what I want to, to keep hitting upon is this it's not like six years ago right. you sat down with a business plan and said cheerful baker, you know, and uh you know Food Network Christmas Challenge right. in six years and this is my no. income statement. This is how much money you didn't do any of that. You you and again Please hear me out, our audience. We're not, and I don't think Lauren would advocate this, we're not saying you throw caution to the wind and you rack up debt and you create this financial struggle and you know and you're going to charge the hill no matter what you, you whether you knew it or not you had a system in place right you you might not articulate it i don't articulate it the well let's say daniel would daniel would have much more of a of a of a x's and o's strategy but you know stacy was working you had you you were working. You had money. You started this as a hobby. You perfected your craft yes. while in another job. So even even let's not miss this. Even though your end goal was to spend more time with your family, for a season you spent less. Right. You spent less to do more in the future. Very true. I meet people all the time. Quint, how, how do I get ahead? I'm in debt. How do I get ahead? I go, get a second job. Well, I don't have any time. My time's... What? Wait, what are you talking about? Don't you have a weekend? I mean, I tell the story. You know Eric Geary runs Lexington Leadership Foundation. Do you know that when he wanted to get out of debt, him and his wife, and he was in his 40s with a, with a child at home, he got a paper route? Did you know that? I didn't know that. He took a paper route for multiple years while he was the CEO of an extremely well-organized nonprofit in our town. And and he did that because he wanted to get out of all of his debt so that he could propel his financial life forward through real estate, et cetera. And he did a marvelous job. But even though, again, you didn't have the business blueprint per se, you did do things like, how much do I need to make? Right. How do I, you know, and oh, by the way, I know that I could make it selling 42 dozen cookies a week, (laughs) but I don't want to do that. Right. So let's talk about classes. Let's talk about something that's more scalable. Now, let's fast forward, okay, because you – I want to hear how you got on the the Christmas cookie challenge. Okay. And then I want to wrap it up, and I want to hear – more about what you're doing today, because what you're doing today is brilliant. Thanks. I mean, you told me in our kind of our, our pre-roll some of the business, you know, aspects that you're that you're exploring now. Holy cow, phenomenal! <laughs> so, how did the how did the how did the Food Network uh, opportunity come about? Well, I was taking a class 
on improving my Instagram skills <laughs> during the pandemic. And one thing that the instructor of the class kept saying is you have to make yourself known because there are hundreds of thousands of cookie decorators. So I did that in a couple different ways. One, I showed my face a lot. I laughed. I danced. You know, I did silly things, but but it was fun. And um, I also decorated cookies like crazy. So I was everywhere on Instagram um, because I was pretty much addicted because it was during the pandemic. So what else were we going to do? So the Food Network has people out there looking at social media. And she found me because of the things that I was just saying. And so she contacted me through Instagram and said, have you ever considered um, being on the Food Network Christmas Cookie Challenge? And I mean, I just laughed, really, because I thought, who am I? You know, I'm this home baker in Versailles, Kentucky. No, I have never <laughs> considered being on the Food Network Christmas Cookie Challenge. And honestly, I didn't think that it was real because it was just so unexpected. So she <laughs> she said, would you like to talk to me tomorrow? And I'm like, yeah, that's great. So she calls and I'm in the car because, again, I don't I'm not taking it very seriously. And so I'm talking to her and we're laughing, you know, on the way it's I'm driving home from Lexington to Versailles. And by the end of the conversation, she said, Lauren, you're a lot of fun. She said, I'm going to send your name on to the producer. And I'm like, OK, ha ha ha. That's great. Well, I get home and there's a very professional email from the Food Network. And I thought, this is real. <laughs> so she contacted me in the fall. And I think it was the end of October. And it took until March to get the, okay, you're on. We're going to let you come and be on national TV. And in that process, I had to do several interviews. I had to do um, Zoom call interviews. I had to make cookies and show them that I could do it. I had to design my own recipes. And one day I got the call and they said, we want you to come. But here was a hard thing. They said, you can't tell anyone. And you know me, I wow. like to talk. So that was hard. <laughs> so I found out that I was going to go on the Christmas cookie challenge and as you know, that, that's a big deal. I mean, that's the nationwide stage. And I thought, okay, how can I leverage this appearance to better my business? Let me time out real quick. I, I think back, did you ever reach out to the person who gave the Instagram class and say, hey, yes. you gave a piece of advice and look where it ended. Look where I went. Like, what yes. was their response? He was thrilled. He was thrilled. So that was fun. Because as a I, teacher, you want to know your students love, listen to you. We get every once in a while, we get people who write back after, you know, a year or two years of maybe fulfilling something we helped them with on our show. Mm -hmm. And that is, when I hear that, it's amazing. I mean, yes. it, it's absolutely unbelievable. So for those out there, if we've helped you in any way, we'd love to hear yeah. how, because it's <laughs> certainly inspiring. But yes. anyway, so so you, you determine, okay, how do I leverage this even further? Yes. And I thought, okay, I'm not allowed to ship cookies in Kentucky. So tell, me, tell me about that. Why, why is that? Because I'm a cottage baker, and so there's certain laws in place, and one is that you can't ship cookies out of state. Mm. So I thought, I can't do that. And I had tried doing online classes, 
But no one really knew who I was. I mean, people knew me from, you know, dancing and doing things on Instagram. But I wasn't this real well-known cookie decorator. And that's usually who does a lot of the online classes. So I thought, okay, what else could I do? I thought, okay, I know there's a lot of skills that I have developed over the years in lots of different jobs that I've had. And how can I put all those together to, to make this work? And I thought, well, maybe I could make cookie cutters. I know how to draw. I I learned Fusion 360, which is a modeling program to make cookie cutters, because I had started to do that on my own, because my husband is a techie person, and he's like, we got to get this cool 3D 3D printer. And when I realized we could make cookie cutters, I, I thought, that'd be fun. You know, let's do that. So I was making them for myself, and I thought, okay, I can make cookie cutters, and I can sell them to people. But cookie cutters aren't very expensive. So I thought, what else could I do? Okay, I know how to teach classes. Maybe I could bundle a class and a cookie cutter set. And I could have a subscription box, because I had a friend who had a different subscription box. So we had lunch one day, and I said, I have this idea And she's like, I think that's a great idea. And I said, well, tell me how you did it. So she gave me this little booklet and I read over it. And three days later, and I wouldn't necessarily recommend this, but I'm that person that tries it and then fixes all the issues. Don't worry about getting it right. Just get it going. Yes. And so I started my subscription box, which is called the Cheerful Box. And we send them. It's so fun because yesterday I actually did a bulletin board in my office of the United States and I put push pins where everybody's located. And it's so fun. There were only four states that we don't send a subscription box to. Unbelievable. Which is fun. So we create the designs. We um, have six large cookie cutters, three small cookie cutters, a stencil. But then I learned how to film classes And so the recipients of the boxes receive the cookie cutters, but then they can go on to my YouTube channel and they can watch a step-by-step tutorial on how to do the classes. So you've created a streamlined business, scalable solution so that now you shoot a video, you design and print the cookie cutter, and you get reoccurring revenue, and you don't have to sit in your home for four hours prepping for the next cookie class, etc. That's right. Scalability is huge, and it sounds like you, in a roundabout way, ultimately got there. That's absolutely amazing. Yes, and what's really cool is I had a goal when I started. I I sent my first box in February. I said, by Christmas, I want to have 100 subscribers. So the first month, I had 16. The second month, I had 56 the third month, I had 103. Wow. How and much is your cookie box? Or your, 40, your... <laughs> 40, 42.97. So, about, so you're, you're up to about $43. Yeah, but you're so ultimately you're four or $5,000 a month. Yes. Unbelievable. Because, yeah, and we print the cookie cutters in our home. We do everything in our home so we can keep our costs down. Sure. But, um, But one of the coolest things is the month that I reached my goal, what I made was almost exactly what my son's first, it gets me choked up just saying this, (laughs) 
what his first college tuition payment was. I mean, it does, because it was so meaningful to me, Quinn. Mm. I mean, we can pay. We're very fortunate. My husband has a great job. He can pay Caleb's college tuition. We have money saved for college tuition. But the fact that I made enough money that I could write that check was an incredible feeling. What What do you think, and you probably don't respond, but when you hear people or the media or whatever say, you know, the American dream is dead or you just can't make it in America anymore or there's no opportunity in America, what like what do you think about that? I think that's crazy. <laughs> we live in America. You can do whatever you want to do if you have a dream and you put in the time. I mean, you were talking about time away from my family. What I did, Quint, is when I was doing cookies and working at the same time, I got up at 5 o'clock in the morning. So I didn't sacrifice the time with my family. I sacrificed sleep. But it was for a short-term goal. Mm. I would get up in the morning, and I would decorate cookies until it was time for me to go to school. And then when my kids would go to bed at night, I would decorate cookies. So I worked hard. I worked really hard. People seem, and I'm not saying this about everybody, but, but you know, they're, I'm going to butcher the saying, but, you, you know, overnight success is, you know, 20 years in the making or, you know, or whatever, six years, you know, six years in the making overnight success, right? So, so people don't see the years and years and years that go into right. what it is that you have done. And so it's amazing to hear the story. It, it, it's amazing to hear the steps. The, the two things that I have written down that I, everybody has heard countless times that you've said that I just think is amazing is you've, you've used the word fun. You, you, from the very beginning, you had fun doing this. Yes. It was, it was fun to you to, to learn. It was fun to you to perfect. It was fun to you to teach. It was fun for you to, you know, to, to try this, to try that. And, and I, I think people have to remember that the, following a passion that that gets you excited, that gives you energy, is half the battle. Right. I mean, we live in a world today where people just live for the weekend. And I don't, I mean, sometimes a weekend comes, I'm like, man, I need Monday to roll around. I need these markets to open. I need to, <laughs> what's happening? Like, we need to get moving here. Right. So I love that. The other thing that just oozes out of you is just how genuine you are. Thank Cheerful, you. yes, but <laughs> genuine, sincere, your desire to be with your family, to help others. It's absolutely amazing. I, I mean, it, it, it really is unbelievable. Now, fast forward. We're going we're gonna to kind of come, come to a conclusion here, but you've started something else. Yes. T- t- I mean, the podcast <laughs> sort, sort of starts. So, so how does, where did that come from, and why are you doing that? And tell us about that. So I am a big believer in constantly learning when you have a business. Evident. It's very, very evident. It's wonderful. And so I have a business mentor And one thing that she said is you should start a podcast or a blog because it gets people to know you more. You know, when you listen to someone on a podcast, you really feel like they're in your living room and you're talking to them. So I thought, okay, I'll write a blog. Well, I can't write a sentence. I mean, that's not where my gift is. And so I thought, okay, I'm not going to do that. But I can talk. You know, I can talk. 
And so I thought about it for a year and I thought, what would I want to talk about? Because I want people to listen, you know, Um, as you know, there's a lot of work behind doing a podcast. So I wanted it to be beneficial to those who were listening. And because I am such a strong believer in entrepreneurship and that if you are in an unhappy situation, get yourself out of it. Have that dream that's inside you and do something about it. And so it's called the Sugar-Coated Dreams Podcast. And I interview those in the baking industry who, like me, had a dream and did something about it. I love it. And my hope is that someone who's listening will hear themselves in one of the stories because they're everyone's very dis- different and has a very different journey. And they'll think, gosh, if they did that, maybe I could do that. And that makes that makes me happy. Mm. It's the teacher in me, again, knowing that maybe I have an influence on somebody else reaching their dream is, is a thrill. So I've told this story many times, but when I hit a specific level in our Jewel financial business and personally, ironically, while it was a satisfying goal to have achieved, I had a bit of personal depression almost like Mm -hmm. now what? And so I took some time away on the back end of a business trip and I just, my wife, such a saint, she said, yep, go, you know, spend a couple days at the beach by myself. Mm -hmm. And my goal, my prayer, honestly, through that time period was, okay, how do I help more people? How do we reach more people that may not end up in jewel may not show up on our in our conference table and diy money was born mm-hmm. and similar to your story like i thought i came out you know, i was sitting there i'll never forget it i was sitting by this pool i was staying in this like crappy beach motel like i didn't want to stay in someplace nice and just my my wife's like where are you <laughs> yeah. i was in like this crappy beach motel i was by this pool and, and i'm just sitting there and i wrote diy money down and I thought, well, I'll, I'm sure I'll have to find a variation because that's that's not going to be any. I'm sure there's a brand called DIY Money that, sure enough, it was available. Everything right. was available. We, in fact, we trademarked it because uh, it was meant to be. It was meant to be. So I I love that your story started with a, a desire to serve, serve your family. It evolved into desiring to serve not just your family but but others through your craft, not just cooking and and baking, sorry, baking, not cooking, baking the cookies and providing joy, but teaching others how to do that. Right. And now it's evolved serving people who maybe want to explore the option of getting out and doing something for themselves. Yes. So you are constantly serving others and therefore you are reaping the rewards you are seeing your business grow and flourish. You clearly are benefiting the family. You have more time. Right. And probably the energy and enthusiasm to put more energy into what you're doing. Yeah. I, I mean, it's probably tenfold now as opposed to in the past. And as you know, Quint, serving others is the key to a happy life. That's right. Absolutely. I, I want to conclude. I want to I want to just ask, is there anything we didn't cover any story, any any comment, anything you'd say to our listeners, you know, to, to kind of finish us up? Is there anything I haven't touched upon that you want to make sure people hear today? I think what I would like to tell people is 
I think everyone has a dream. And just try it. Even if it's something small to get you to the next step, don't be afraid. Be a doer. Be a dreamer. Be a doer. Um, Because life is short. And the happier you are, the happier you can make those around you. That's phenomenal. I'm going to conclude with just your your updated, you know, we'll put this on the on the tag on the on the podcast, but the cheerful baker on Instagram. So make sure you know we have 10,000 listeners. So you're listening to this right now. I, I encourage you, you know, hit up Lauren, show her your support, show her that DIY money family support. Uh, the Cheerful Baker on Instagram, Cheerful Baker on Facebook. How do they learn more about the box if they're interested in that? Yeah, I'm glad you asked me that question because I was thinking, hey, if you want to make a little bit more money, get my box, learn how to decorate cookies, start your own business. I love it. I love it. <laughs> um, Cheerfulcutters.com. Cheerfulcutters.com yes. is how you get the subscription box. Yes, and, and you can buy cookie cutters, subscription box, but at the top, you can just click on cheerful the cheerful box, and it'll tell you everything you needed to know. Now, you're not going to say this. We didn't talk about this pre-roll, <laughs> but I also know that because of your faith, you, you give a lot financially. Yes. So I'm sure this has allowed you to also give financially to organizations and ministries and so forth that you support. Can can you touch on that at all? I can't because it's perfect timing. So my son is going to camp and he just left for church camp. And the minister, who's a really good friend of ours, is the nicest human being you could ever meet. But he hates asking people for money. And so he rented a van. He's paying all the gas and he's they're staying in a hotel room on the way back because it's quite a distance. He didn't ask anyone for money. He was going to pay that out of his pocket. And so I said, listen, you need you need to tell everyone that's going, you need to share this information with them. Well, I was able to give what I thought was a decent amount. And I hate to even tell that because I think it's really good to give in private. But I was able to do that because of the cheerful box. I didn't have to hesitate and say, well, I know he has this need, but we really can't do it. We could do it, and we could do it fairly easily. And that made me feel great. I wanted to bring that up. Again, in full disclosure for everybody, we didn't talk about that. Lauren didn't know I was going to bring that up. But I wanted to bring that up because... If you are considering, you know, cookie cutters or you're into this area and you want to support, you know, Lauren and what she does, please know that it's not just to support her genuine desire to serve others in this industry, but she will financially support uh, areas that certainly are in need. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. You've been absolutely fantastic. You really have. And we wish you nothing but success in the future for all you do. Thank you. All right, friends. Remember, the secret to wealth is pretty simple. Live on less than you make. Invest the rest and do so for a very long time. Make it a great one.